I really want to ask you guys. Wait, Larry, I'm Rich. I don't think you have, but Larry, have you seen Pig? No, I didn't know what to. Gotta no, see Pig. What, what you don't pig? know Pig? Okay, no, what Pig. What's Pig? It's fantastic, especially if you if you like the Portland area. Pig stars Nicolas Cage. Oh, I'm already out as a as a <laughs> as a truffle hunter. No, Larry, I like truffle hunting. He has a truffle pig. His truffle pig is kidnapped, and this movie is described as a John Wick of the Portland underground food scene, where he has to go get his truffle pig back. It's great, though. Don't be, it's not an <coughs> oh, action okay, movie. No, here's the thing. I will watch it because you were the one that put me on to John Wick. <laughs> so, okay. Yes. Yeah. You told very me generous. About it. You told me about it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not the biggest Nick Cage fan. Oh, but he's good when he tries. He's good when he, he's good when he gives it the old effort. When he's motivated, there's two, this is this is a restrained, Look, thoughtful Nicholas Cage God performance. Him. God bless him. He's got a you good career. See it. There's he's one. The, scene. He's one of the only actors. If I'm in a if I'm in a theater and like I'm seeing a movie, I'm like, oh, this looks good. And as soon as he walks by, I'm like, oh hell, go I'm see done. Pig. It's got if you like food. There's several scenes of beautiful cooking. I'm into the truffle hunting. There's one scene with a chef that I would say like the chef. It's one of the better like one scene performances I've seen in a movie of a long time. But it's just a great movie. It's about love. It's about loss. It's about a truffle pig. I'll check it out. What is it on? What was streaming? It came out in theaters. I think it's like on demand now. I think you can rent it. On yeah, I'm not I'd rather see. Check out Pig. I'd, I'd rather see the documentary of Larry Truffle Hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard I'm, the stories. I'm not paying to watch Nicolas Cage. I'll wait to come on free oh, TV. You're missing but, out on but, Pig. But when we were in Italy, um, when we went truffle hunting, he was telling us why they don't use pigs anymore because most, most truffle hunters don't, don't use pigs anymore. They mm-hmm. use dogs because he says you know pigs are a pig finds a truffle it's kind of hard it? to get it away from he's watching pigs eat he thousands of the pig, dollars he said if the pig finds the truffle and the pig wants to eat it you're gonna, you're gonna be wrestling <laughs> with the pig <laughs> that sounds terrifying I was like that makes sense and it's terrifying I don't think he could pay me enough money to wrestle a pig for a truffle I like <laughs> truffles but I don't think I want to wrestle a pig I'll pass now, good beer. I would, I would fight for that. Yeah. Speaking of beer, hey. per- perfect segue. It's always good to call out the segue. Welcome to Liquid Bread. Uh, I, I'm Matty Smith. With me, as always, are my buddy Larry Bates. What it do? What it do? Um, and our other buddy, a master Cicerone and the master of mashed tons, Rich Higgins. <laughs> Hi, everybody. The master of mashed tons. I know a lot about Where the fuck do you get this, though? I don't know. That one I, I just made it. up on the spot because I, I didn't write, mean, I always mean to write them beforehand. Uh, yeah, so today I think we we each picked out one personal style that we feel is either underappreciated or just like underknown. Um, you might not one? see it often. One, yes, just we one. Pick one. The requirement is one. Uh-huh. Rich is going to go last, I and can't. he has to narrow it down to one. He has to narrow it down to just one. Discuss. Um, but before that, we were going to talk about one one thing that's been going on in beer. And Rich, I don't know if you want to take it away, or we'll talk about Brave Noise. Yeah, uh, yeah. So things have been. Um, Kind of a long time coming, I think, in the in the brewing industry, and uh, as sort of part of the Me Too movement, a lot of brave women have been coming out of um, kind of the, the shadows and, and self doubts about um, how to handle the, the fact that the brewing industry in the U.S. is overwhelmingly uh, run by men, white men, cis men, um, and it's uh, it's a tough place. Um, sometimes too, too frequently. And so there's a lot of misogyny, a lot of uh, hostile workplace environments, a lot of um, sexual harassment, as well as uh, unfortunately sexual misconduct as well. I guess it all sort of started in May, a um, couple months ago, but uh, there was a, an Instagram account run by Brianne Allen, who uh, was the production manager over at Notch Brewing in, um, I believe in Connecticut. Uh, and she maybe Massachusetts, sorry if I don't have all the details of the story, but she 
started reposting a lot of very painful, uh, very honest um, accounts from um, women throughout the brewing industry and uh, sharing these accounts. And it's created quite a quite a reckoning. And uh, reckoning is not my own word for this. This is I'm actually taking a lot of this info from a great article, a great continuing great coverage on brewbound.com from Jess Infante. So, uh, yeah, she ended up, you know, creating a lot of awareness around this and a lot of people coming out, coming forward. And uh, this is a quote here from the article. In the wake of the revelations, founders and leaders of several prominent craft breweries resigned, uh, including Pennsylvania's Tired Hands, California's Modern Times, Massachusetts' Lord Hoboat, and Wormtown. These are big breweries. breweries. Yeah, Yeah, important breweries. So, um, uh, yeah, as well as smaller breweries and beer-related organizations, including the Cicerone uh, certification program. So, Really? Yeah. And it seems like it's one of those things that just kind of explode. Like, it seems like she had it had... A personal experience at her brewery oh, wow. that yes. kind of made her post that question, and then just the responses it was not like I don't think any of us would were fooling ourselves into thinking we had a perfect non misogynistic environment. But I think the response mm-hmm. was just sounds like it was just overwhelming. Like it was yeah, just it was a title cavalcade. Wave. Yeah, just a crazy For thing. Sure. Part of the response has been do you know mm-hmm. okay the, the collaborative uh, brave noise yeah so it's a collaborative effort mm-hmm. um, called brave noise to provide inclusive and safe environments for women uh, bipoc and lgbtq uh, throughout the beer industry um, and as they say on their website uh, by standing with us now you're part of the movement for change that is long overdue in beer beer has always been a great unifier rich how, how can people basically support this how can people mm-hmm. you know just an average like beer drinker what can they do to kind of put their support behind this movement yeah, well, certainly, I mean, you want to be able to support uh, companies and, and, you know, breweries that are taking positive steps to, um, you know, make sure that the workplace is a, a safe place and, and that people are promoted based on merits and, uh, you know, hired based on merit rather than any sort of sexism or racism or anything like that. And so, you know, you want to make sure that you are supporting those breweries and part of this um, this beer, that, that, that the collaborative beer, um, brave noise is that uh, any brewery that signs on to brew this beer. So again, a collaboration or a collaborative effort means that any brewery can brew this. However, in order to brew this beer, they have to create and publish a code of, of conduct before brewing the beer. So um, there, you know, various guidelines are being offered um, by uh, a collaboration partner called HR Uprise. Uh, and so basically, it's um, you know ways that the, the breweries can show that they're actually doing the work to make sure that um, they have a proper code of conduct in place uh, to, you know, make sure that people don't get stepped on at work, you know, make sure that people don't have their rights and their, uh, their personal feelings, um, you know, hurt through a hostile environment. So I personally, you know, I've been in the brewing industry for, you know, 16, 17 years now. And, uh, you know, I'm one of many, many, you know, cis white men that, that work within that industry. And I've been around a lot of really supportive, fantastic environments um, where, you know, people are cared for. Uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, rights and feelings are cared for. Uh, but I've been around plenty of plenty of spots where just it's not as um, healthy an environment. You know, a lot of wow. bad jokes, bad comments get uh, get shared in very insensitive ways. And wow. um, I personally felt very uncomfortable. And a lot of times I've stood up and said something about it, but there have been times when I haven't, and that's a that's a fault of my own, and I need to make sure that um, you know I'm part of the solution, not part of the problem. So I don't have other real specific ways to support stuff, um, but I will say if you are, uh, you know, on behalf of the cert, cert, excuse me, the Cicerone certification program, if you have been, you know, if you feel that you've been victimized at all in any way during an exam or during any sort of communications or dealings with um, people involved in the Cicerone program. 
feel free to uh, to be part of you know reporting it. And so what the the Cicerone program has done is they've signed a contract with a company called Compliance Line, which is an independent third party provider. I'm reading from the Cicerone uh, blog on their website. Uh, which will give our program participants multi-language access to anonymously report harassment, discrimination, and any other sort of uh, misconduct by Cicerone representatives. And we will share information about accessing the service with program participants before and after uh, any course or exam that they that they take. So, um, yeah, fortunately, the Cicerone program is stepping up and trying to improve, uh, improve the situation, and a lot of other breweries are as well. And uh, I wish this would go away overnight, but I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... That's what I can share at this point. Uh, so let's get let's move on to our styles. I don't know if there's a yeah. you know uh, a great a segue, a great segue, segue from there, <laughs> from segue. Like something from, important from, to just from that. goofing around about things you like. And so I guess we'll, we'll go first with mine and and doing this like I made my pick because this is not a beer. Wait, I wait, can I ask? Can I? Yeah. I'm sorry. Before we hop in, can I ask, can I ask a question of Rich before we we jump in? That is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, did, how did you like Peer Project, Rich? Oh. <laughs> I did go to Pure Project. You were correct. Yeah, uh, you know, Diego. turns out it's uh, it's absolutely delicious beer. So, Yay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Larry Which I'm like for a long time. We're drinking some Pure Project. Well, we're now. drinking a Pure Project Alvarado Street collab, which is like two okay, fun. two heavy hitters called Cup of Gold, and it's just a delicious. It's it's a murky. They call it murky. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, that's the Pure Project. Yeah, but you did you did enjoy it. You felt like you had some good. Oh yeah, good beer. Yeah, I had a, had a great pilsner, a great West Coast IPA, uh, a handful of different sours and fruited things. Yeah, it was it was stupendous. Oh, with great saison. Um, oh. Yeah, it was just killer oh. killer beer. Yeah, oh, I was fortunate okay. enough to to meet um, Winslow, the uh, the brewmaster there, oh, wow. um, just randomly at a, a malting facility a couple of years ago, and I hadn't even heard of Pure Project when I met him. And uh, afterwards, I looked at him up. I was like, whoa, this guy's kind of a big deal. And Pure Project is kind of a big deal. So it was great to finally be able to, to try the beer, too, after, after a number of years. Yeah, they've blown up so to a few locations it. now yeah. in San Diego. Yeah, it's great. We've just been talking about it forever. Yeah, I know. It's me and Maddie. Very, very, I will say it's very satisfying. Like, we, we you know, Larry and I trips, talk about we it. We like it. To go get yeah, it, just, it feels really good when it gets the rich stamp of approval. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like, we're like, oh, I tasted some. So, so sorry. I didn't mean to hop in on your beer style. I just needed to know because I will say the little stamp of approval of the week is Pure Project. And put him on the spot. All right. Now we're going to get started. Okay. My style, I know very little about this. Like, I know what can kind of be searched and obviously not a ton. And I don't even know that I've had what a Finn, a Finnish person would say is the proper version of this style. Mm-hmm. It's a Finnish style. Um, Rich, I'm sure you know way more about it than me. Uh, it's the Sati. Sati. Mm-hmm. Is that how it's pronounced? I mean, it's just very simply spelled, so I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it correctly. You know, um, my, my Finnish is a little rusty, <laughs> but yeah, I, I usually say Sati, and that's what I heard. Yeah, so Sati. I and I, I, I basically have only had a few of these. Basi- there's only one brewer I know in LA that makes it, and that's Phantom Carriage, which is down oh, in nice. um, Torrance area, which is a... Have you been there, Larry? I have not. Okay. Phantom Carriage is like... It's like a horror... You're hold, it's you're a holding, horror you're movie. You're holding out on me, man. Anytime I come down to Phantom <laughs> Carriage, it's like a horror movie-themed brewery. And when I heard that it was like horror movie-themed, like all the, there's a lot of like references, like movie references but names. They're always jump, playing horror movies. She's not jumping out at you and grabbing you right I mean, it's almost there. There's like barrels and candles. It's kind of spooky in there. Just, it's not super spooky. No, no. There's no jump scares. No one's jumping out at you. No, it's okay. atmospheric horror, not, not jump scare horror. Okay, I can deal with atmospheric horror. But I remember like thinking like, oh, okay, a horror brewery. Let's see how this goes and then i went and the beer itself was actually great like it actually is very delicious beer um but awesome. but one of their beers is called rare export and it is a sati um mm-hmm. and i'd never heard about that before and basically the main thing that i found is that it's an ale made with juniper and that mm-hmm. and i kind of read that and i was like oh i like gin a lot 
And Love I'd gin. say it even, it has a little bit of like juniper aroma. Not a ton of, it's not like it tasted super ju- heavily junipery. It was almost kind of like, mm. like, I think the main things were like banana clovey, a little bit of like, there's, there's had a, like kind of spice. Ah, so it was kind of familiar mm. brothers, but it just had like this kind of punchy taste to it. That was a little, that definitely did Definitely you, was different from, say, like a Belgian ale that tastes like bananas and cloves or something. Did you love it? I loved ah. it. I thought it was great. And then ever since then, I think like twice I've found a can, you know, at like a bottle shop. And I wish I remembered the name this of the brewery. This is Sati, S-A-T-I? Oh, so S-A-H-T-I. S-A-H-T-I. And it's Sati and it's a Finnish beer. Um, and I've seen that it's, and Rich, again, you, you probably know where they, but it's a very old, apparently, beer style. I found one article that said it was the oldest beer style. Obviously, that seems like tricky territory to try to make definitive statements about history but since like the, or the 1300s was the first time it was mentioned um so we yeah get to what a uh, is? this is hilarious that you're bringing up phantom carriage too i was just talking to the brewmaster phantom carriage oh. a couple months ago oh, about wow. sati and about different styles of sati um he is a master cicerone so mm. he and i were were geeking out about geeky beer he does styles great work and, yeah well i will be sure to let him, <laughs> let him know. know he actually sent me an email not too long ago saying he liked the podcast too so maybe he'll oh, maybe hey! he'll this. Hey! <laughs> Yeah, get, in here. get in here. Yeah, let's I'll go get some sati from Phantom <laughs> Carrot. <laughs> so sati uh, is yeah, it's a, it's a um, super old school style of beer, and there are different interpretations as to whether it's one style of beer or, or it's a family of beers. So um, loosely, it's within the the Scandinavian farmhouse uh, ale tradition, and the Scandinavian version of farmhouse ales is very different from like Belgian saisons. A lot of people think. Farmhouse ale means Belgian saison, but when you get into the Scandinavian countries, you know all all bets are off with uh, what yeasts they're going to use. Sometimes they use baker's yeast. Sometimes even a handful of them use lager yeast, mm. even though they're called ales. Um, that's the Styrdalsal from uh, northwestern Nor- uh, Norway. But uh, most of them use either baker's yeast or um, a variety of uh, kvike yeast, which is a whole huge world of different yeasts that throw off a lot, usually a lot of different fruit aromas. So that might be where some of the banana is coming from. Um, but banana and clove aromas are known for, or sati is known for some of those banana and clove aromas. Rich, you said kvike, um, kvike, is that what you said? Kvike, yeah. It's, it's a uh, Norwegian, well, I guess it's Norwegian, though I don't know. Maybe it's Swedish as well. But it's uh, spelled K, sorry, K-V-E-I-K. Uh, and it's pronounced kvike. And it is, yeah, just a huge range of yeast. It's a lot of American brewers started using it about five or six years ago um, as one yeast strain. But in fact, it's many, many yeast strains. But it's known for being able to ferment any sort of beer within like two days, and it'll oh. go up to like 100 degrees Fahrenheit during fermentation. Have you brewed so, some stuff with Kvike? I've never used it, no. I've yeah. tasted a bunch, of, a bunch of craft beers brewed with it that were not Scandinavian style. Um, so like Kvike IPA is, is not uncommon. Oh, wow. But I think a lot of the – I think the challenge is to be able to use that yeast in a way that it shows – Shows its character uh, in an IPA. You know, the a lot, a lot of Kvike strains are known for kind of orange or citrus aromas. But in an IPA, you're putting a lot of citrus-forward hops in it. You know, mm-hmm. and so I don't know where the hops start and the Kvike ends, or vice versa. In one see. of those beers, I just saw Boulevard, um, just uh, at the bottle shop um, in town here in Bozeman. Boulevard has a Kvike IPA that's on the shelves. I didn't try it, but I was intrigued. So could be cool. Well, well <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be there in November. That's right, Larry. Let's Rich, do it, we got to try it. We got to get it off we the got shelf it for sure. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll I'll look for some satis if I can find them. Yeah, um, I was anyways, gonna, are they are they very common? Like, do you see? I mean, no. obviously no, obviously no. I guess no. that's what I answer. I don't know, but do you even see them anywhere? Because I'm like this. There's one brewery. There's one brewery I've seen one at. And that's mm-hmm. me. Yeah, the the only one that I can think of is uh, it's it's made with. T 
tea in it, like T-E-A-T, um, and it's a dogfish head beer called S-A-H, uh, and the new word T-E-A. So it's like a, oh, it's a I see. kind of a sati-inspired beer with lots of different flavors and tea in it. I don't even know that much about it. But juniper is usually, usually plays a role in Scandinavian farmhouse-style ales, regardless of whether it's sati or, you know, any of the, the maltols from Norway or, or any of those others. And it's because... So farmhouse brewing is it's a really old style of brewing, and the equipment is not re- – you don't think of, like, farmhouse brewing equipment as, like, top-of-the-line fancy stuff. It's really old-school stuff that's pretty rustic. And so uh, some of the – one of the most important parts of brewing is the, is the lauter, L-A-U-T-E-R, which is where you separate out all the spent grain um, from your from your wort. The wort's going to turn into beer, and you don't want your beer to be chunky, right? So you got to get rid of the spent grain. And so nowadays, uh, most modern breweries have something called a louder ton with a, a screen to the bottom that keeps all the spent grain on top and allows all the wort to flow through. But old school rustic equipment, you know, farmhouse brewers had to figure out a way to separate out all the spent grains. And so across Scandinavia, they have uh, juniper grows really well all across Scandinavia. Very traditional way of uh, loudering is creating a, uh, a mesh with juniper boughs and branches and twigs and all that. And so you just lay this down at the bottom of your uh, in your mash tun. Yeah, That's and awesome. create this mat <laughs> to filtration mat. Right. So Maddie, if you're looking for gin aromas in your sati, you might not find them mm-hmm. because um, gin is you know London dry gin at least is flavored with juniper berries really heavily, and so that's yeah. that's that aroma. Whereas juniper wood and and you know the boughs and the the, the branches is what I'm looking for. Uh, those don't smell the same way. They smell just sort of generically piney. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And so um, you should always definitely have a piney, piney taste. Aroma. Yeah, 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 yeah. You always have that in um, in any sort of Scandinavian farmhouse ale, whether it tastes like gin or not. Is different because that depends on whether they use the berries as well. Man, people get really creative in the pursuit of getting drunk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just like how, how do we filter this shit? Let's, what grows around? What, what grows plentiful? Yeah, let's just put that in there. Let's make it work. It's amazing. So, I, you know, awesome. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put a challenge out to listeners. I want to find the Satis. Let's find these. I looked up and I guess New Belgium makes one, or it says they'd make one. I don't know how... If it was like an old Wikipedia entry or if it's distributed or whatever. But if, look out for Satis. Tweet it. Hashtag Sati for Mati. Um, <laughs> and find me some Satis. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, let's make this style of thing. Let's it also sounds it. like a field trip is due. Me and you are due for a field trip. We're going to go to Phantom Yes, yeah, so it sounds like a field trip. No, yeah, we'll do it. why stop there? Let's go to Helsinki. That's a good idea. That's Ooh. actually, I honestly like, I don't know why, but I feel like. Like Rich Nordic Higgins. beers always stand out to me when I, I guess because mm. I don't see a ton of them, but every now and then, like his Toll, that's in. Yeah, they're, they're in, in Denmark. In, in Denmark. Oh, okay. Yeah. As far north as I thought. But yeah, but I always, that, every now and then I like to check out those because it's a, that's like a beer world that I don't, you don't see. Mm-hmm. Rich, have you traveled so one, there? No, I haven't. Uh, not for beer, no. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Denmark as a little kid, but um, no, I, I haven't been up there and I need to. But the problem is most of the flights, other than if you're flying on Fin Air, which goes straight to Helsinki, most of the flights I end up taking end up going to Germany first and, or Belgium. And uh, it's yeah. hard, to, hard to get out of those countries yeah. if you're on a beer mission. <laughs> They're pretty distracting. One more thing about um, about sati is that it's all, also often brewed with rye. That's usually an ingredient in there. And rye is kind of this dry, astringent grain. So mm. it gives you this sort of right. tannic drying note to it. And then the juniper boughs, they're, they add a lot of the pine aroma, but they also add bitterness and, and tannin themselves because they've got a lot of really thin bark on them. And so those tannins, that bitterness from the, from the juniper, serve to balance out the sweetness of the malt. So I was just saying that rye is known for being kind of drying, but... Overall, Satis are pretty sweet beers. They're really, really malt-forward. They've got a lot of malt and sweetness to them. 
And so they're usually very lightly hopped. And so what happens is the, the dryness of that rye as well as the dryness and, and um, bitterness of the juniper end up kind of working like hops. And so they balance out that maltiness. Wow. So um, hops don't like to grow in really cold climates. And uh, that's, um, that's kind of what the Scandinavia is known yeah. for. I love sweet and malty stuff. And I, yeah. When I tasted it, it felt like I was tasting a distinctive style. And that's why I think that one has oddly like stayed in the back of my mind. That's one that I look out for. I've never tried it. Um, So let's move on to the second one. And this... Is this for me? Larry? Well, I mean, I'm I'm coming behind (laughs) Sati. Like, mine is not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is great yeah no no here, here's my thing and it's and it's it's not like it's a rare beer i don't think but it's just every time no matter where i'm at if i see a good black lager or a schwartz beer on the menu i have to order it i just awesome. i just awesome. i just love 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 i mean i love all styles of beer really i don't i can't really think of a style that i don't like but i just love the the kind of the dark flavors, you know, the flavors you get generally with a dark beer, you know, the the chocolate, the kind of like, you know, you know, dark dark flavors, mm-hmm. but with like the crispness of a. Do you like a, a roast? Lager. Do you like a roasty flavor? I do like the roasty flavor. I mean, I do. I, do, I mean, I just I, there's something about it that I really like. I mean, I, I love a good stout, like a good a good porter. You know, I I, I like dark beers, but there's something about a a black a lager. dark lager. Or, you know, a Schwartz beer that's just... I mean, I may be describing the flavors completely wrong, Rich. And I know, <laughs> I know Rich will correct me. But, like, when you get those, like, you know, dark fruit flavors, and then it's just a level of crispness that kind of that kind of follows it. I just kind of I kind of I dig on it like crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally love that style, too, Larry. Yeah. Um, I think you're describing it great. You know, first of all, you're describing the way... It, it strikes you. So that's the most important thing. But uh, beyond that, like I agree with all those flavors. So hmm. are you, are you familiar with Dunkels? Have you had a lot of Dunkels or mostly Schwartz beers? Mostly, probably mostly Schwartz beers. I, I, I can't mm-hmm. say a, a lot of Dunkels, but now I mean, I, Dunkels are my fave. No, I Dunkels need to hop are my, on some are my Dunkels. Bay. Would it, would it fall, would it, would it fall under the same category? They're very malty. I mean, I mm-hmm. probably like, kind of, it's, they honestly, I don't know. I honestly, think they're a little sweeter, aren't they? Like not sweet, I guess. Especially because we they're don't usually... like the word sweet. <laughs> As Rich is looking at me, I feel no, the sweet, okay. judgmental eye. But yeah, but I, I love like a good German dunkel. Dunkel. We have a let's go. We gotta go. We gotta stop at Worst House, like right on, down the this street is on from you. us. This is on you. You live. You're new. You're moving. You're gonna move. I am moving. very close to very a close. German beer house. Oh, I, I, I saw it. I saw it yeah. actually. So yes. Ooh, let's do that's it. Good to know. Sorry, Rich. I, um, <laughs> go on about no. That's dunkel. fine. For, for folks that are looking to get into sort of the dark lager scene um, to, to drink it, first of all, keep in mind that, you know, dark is is a reflection of the, the roasted malts that are put yes. in the beer or added to the beer. And lager is the yeast that ferments it. Um, lager doesn't always mean crisp. And so, Larry, you're right to call it a Schwartz beer. That's, that's the style you're a big fan of. But there are other dark lagers like a Doppelbach, for instance, or an Eisbach or something. It's like 12% alcohol and really sweet. You know, that's not crisp. And that so, sounds great, though. Um, that sounds you know, if really you see good. a... If you see a Schwartz beer on the menu, really what that is about is it's like kind of cocoa-y, roasty, um, kind of burnt toast aromas. Uh, and then it is light in body, and it's usually, you know, four, maybe five and a half percent alcohol at, at the top. And uh, and it's just really, it's meant to be dry and crisp and, and refreshing, sort of like a, a dark version of what most people think of when they think of a pale lager. It just happens to be dark in color, which brings those kind of toasty, toasty, roasty aromas. I bring up the Dunkel thing because... Schwartz beers are not really brewed in Bavaria, and uh, a big thing about the Bavarian palate for beer is that most, 
pretty much every Bavarian style beer is very bready. Okay, and so bready is is kind of an aroma. It's kind of a, a mouthfeel too. It's a texture. So it just means the beer is a little bit smooth, a little bit chewy, and uh, just has really nice malty bready aromas. And Schwartz beer typically is is a little bit drier and leaner, and it's not really a part of the Bavarian culture. And so the Dunkel is the Bavarian version of the dark lager, oh. um, or specifically a, a lighter body dark lager. So it tops out also at like you know five and a half percent or so alcohol. So it's not a big beer, um, but it has these really nice smooth bready cocoa-y aromas without that really crisp dry burnt aromas that you might get out of a Schwartz beer. So if you're looking to try that stuff, you can try both of them and they're both absolutely delicious and I love them, love them to death. And so, and Larry had mentioned like liking stouts and stuff. So how would you, someone who's really familiar with stouts, how would you compare like a black lager mm-hmm. or a Schwartz beer to a stout? <clears throat> Obviously one's a lager, one's an ale. Yeah. Usually? Well, you know, stout is an enormous yeah. category. I mean, you got Imperial stouts with blueberries and maple syrup and you got you know uh, uh dry irish yeah, yeah, that yeah. are four percent mm. alcohol so it's a huge range typically you know uh, uh what most people think of when they think of a stout you know they're thinking of something like guinness draft or beamish or something like that um and those stouts are the irish dry style and they get their dark color from roasted barley and roasted barley isn't even malt okay it's it's not malted barley it's just burnt it's raw barley that's had the shit burn out of it oh basically. wow so it gets kind of astringent. It's really dark. It's really roasty. It's really bitter. It's sour, and it's astringent. Okay, and that astringent thing is what I was talking about with the rye earlier. It's that drying, kind of tannic finish on your mouth, and so it's intense. You don't want a beer with straight, you know, with a whole lot of roasted barley. And so the dry Irish stout is typically brewed with just a really small amount of it, maybe two percent of the malt is is roasted barley, or two percent of the grain, I should say, is roasted barley. But that's enough to make the beer look really dark, smell really dark. And then furthermore, that's where a lot of the nitrogen comes in, comes in handy. So most of those beers are nitrogenated, which gives it that really smooth, creamy mouthfeel that undercuts some of the roughness oh, of, wow. of the roasted barley. Wow, wow. So mm-hmm. it balances it out. So Schwartz beer does the same sort of dance with like, all right, we've got a dark grain that's roasted and burnt a little bit. How do we make it so it's not going to take over the beer? So rather than using a lot of incredibly dark malt in a Schwartz beer and then adding nitrogen to smooth it out. They don't do that stout trick. What they do is they typically nowadays they'll use, you know, so Schwartz beer is actually kind of a newer style of beer and it's predicated on a fairly new type of malt that's maybe, I don't know, maybe 70 years old or something like that. It's not that old, the type of malt. And what happens is the maltsters will uh, remove the husk of the malt before they roast it, before they burn it up. So they'll, they'll kind of partially mill it and end up during that milling process, they will blow the the flaky light husk away from the the malt. So they literally use ventilation. They use a fan to blow that stuff away once it's lightly cracked. And then you just have the inside of the of the malt, and that is what gets toasted and roasted and burnt up. And so that means that you don't have any of the tannins, any of the rough okay. astringency from the outside of the malt, and you just have that soft interior part. And so that adds enough roasted color and roasted aroma to a Schwartz beer without adding a lot of that um, astringent, acrid, burnt bitterness. Is there is there any beer where someone just like embraced the rough astringency and just like, we're going to do it? I mean, is it, is it just, is it undrinkable? <laughs> it's not undrinkable. And in fact, if, you know, if you lived in Ireland, uh, you know, like a hundred years ago, there were probably a lot of, uh, you know, local breweries that were brewing dry stouts that uh, maybe didn't have their 
the winning taste, basically. The, you know, obviously the, the <laughs> victors are the ones who write history. And so, so wait, it doesn't, I, it's I, not undrinkable. It just does not have a winning taste. I just want to. I mean, it sounds. I like, I just, there's not a, part, a, winning of, there's a taste. part of me that just like. Richest there's way, a part nice of me. Way of saying, I, no, I know there's just a part good. of me just saying. Put that in a glass and let me try it out. Let me try it. You're easy, Larry. I feel. I feel I'm like serious. You, Why not? You can't ever be the tester. Well, I think for a brewery because you just approve you guys, everything that came through the conveyor belt. You just be like, you guys were talking good. about. You guys were talking about homebrewing last episode. You, you can homebrew an out of balance, intense, dry stout if you want. Hmm. Sounds good to we me. We can do that. <laughs> five gallons of it. Sounds, sounds good. Five sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Look, I, I, I like, I like, um, I just like a, a, a nice dark beer. And I mm. like one of my other favorites is, um, what is it? Self-Righteous. I know this isn't a, it's not a lager, but Stone's, uh, it's like a dark IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, it's a black IPA. A black IPA, yeah. I just, I love, I, I just love when you play with, um, you know, the malt Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you with, like dark malt with like. the with mm-hmm. the style, yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, so black IPA is another version of of a beer that most of the black IPA recipes I know of use that dehusked black malt. Mm-hmm. So you get that dark color without getting that really accurate bitterness. In the case of a black IPA, you should have a lot of bitterness anyway from the hops, but at least it's not fighting with the with the malt bitterness too. Yeah. And oh, you, got a, you got a dog there. It sounds like we have a dog. I ho- I don't know if the mics <laughs> are picking her up. The dog's barking a is little bit. Dog? Yeah, that's oh. a We have the puppy in the back. Uh, she's in the crate. She's good. She's fine. She, she she's wants a beer. She's she's, she's good to go. She just she went in. She's beer. fine. I brought up. I brought well up a black dog. IPA. She's like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> all about it. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> black IPA. <laughs> um, I wanted to wait. I just, oh, I had one quick question about the Schwartz beer, Rich. Just because you had brought up, you said that Bavaria they do the Dunkel. They do the Dunkel. I uh, I feel like yeah. Dunkel is. I feel saying Dunkel feels. I don't want to, whatever, Dunkel. Auf Deutsch is Dunkel. Yeah, I know. However, in English, you can say Dunkel. <laughs> the say Dunkel. Whatever you want. Uh, you said they don't make the Schwarzbeers as much in Bavaria, right? right? So where, where, where is Schwarzbeer from? Is it, is it actually like a, is it a German regional beer or is it like something the U.S. I don't is? know the full, I don't know the full history behind it other than that Kustritzer is the most famous brand that's exported to the United States. And it's actually the biggest brand I see in Germany also. And that's from Thuringia, which is actually just north of Bavaria, but it's, it's in the old uh, DDR, the old East Germany. Um, okay. And so there were a, a fair number of uh, state owned breweries in, in old East Germany that were brewing Schwartz beer. But a lot of those breweries suffered from a lot of, uh, you know, kind of neglect and, you know, the, the downside of communism and socialism. So um, they didn't do a lot of innovation and keep brewing really quality beer. And after unification in, of Germany in 1993, those breweries, their, their beer just wasn't as good as, as West Germany's beer. Mm. So it just didn't, didn't survive. That's interesting. interesting. So if you, uh, find, if you have any black lagers you like... Anyone you want to recommend to us? Anyone you want to champion? You got to tweet it. Hashtag Larry's Loggers. Larry's <laughs> Let Larry know where he gets some good. A good I prefer I prefer Mati Sati. Mati Sati. Mati Sati. And uh, now the moment we've all been waiting for, Rich. You've oh, had God. about thirty-seven minutes to narrow down your choices to that what's to that one rich you'll have you'll have one rich platform will be here in the future you'll get more chances to recommend beer so let's hear one beer that you feel whether it's underappreciated underknown just something you want people to know about my one beer is ales okay Okay. ales are how did he do this this? how did he do this how did he do this how did he do this this? how did he do this i was going to do lagers and ales but larry already said (laughs) uh you know 
Larry, I like the way you put it. I like the way you put it with the dark lager. You're like, anytime I'm at a bar and I see it on the menu, I'm going to order it. Okay. And for me, well, there are a lot of those, but the, the one I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> I can attest that that's true. <laughs> the one I'm thinking of right now is, is alt beer. Okay. Alt beer is just a thing of beauty. Okay. And if you go to Dusseldorf, uh, where alt beer is really, that's sort of the kind of the cultural capital of alt beer. It's a it's an amazing experience to actually just drink there because of the way they serve the beer and all that. But that's a that's another story that we can get into if you want. But um, it's a very different style than the most famous alt beer in the United States, which is Alaskan Amber. So if you guys have had Alaskan Amber, it is a dark, it's kind of a hybrid. Whether it's an ale or a lager is sort of up for, up for debate. But it's a cold fermented ale, so it doesn't have a lot of fruity aromas because the the yeast that you know ale yeast that normally produces sort of kind of nice fruity aromas. It's fermented too cold for that ale yeast to produce as aroma. So you end up just tasting the, the malt and the hops. But Alaskan Amber is quite malty, and it's a little bit sweet, and it's not very bitter. And the real Dusseldorf style of alt beer that's been around for not even that long, probably you know about uh, 175 years or so, um, is much drier than Alaska's Alaskans, and uh, also much more bitter. Yeah, it's just it's crisp, it's dry, it's gorgeous, it's toasty, roasty black pepper aromas, uh, grassy, uh, kind of minty hops. And I could drink about 8,000 of them. They're just gorgeous. Can we get a good version in the States? Is there anything you can think of that's... Not really. Mm. Not that I'm aware. So it's, <laughs> it's small, you know, small brew pubs. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll test the stuff. Not test, but, you know, we'll brew it. But it's hard to find it, you know, in, mm. a, in a bottle or a can that's, you know, shipped far. The most famous brewery in Germany that, that produces it, well, sorry, among beer geeks, the most famous brewery that produces it is called Uriga, and that's spelled U-E-R-I-G-E. And they have basically three main types uh, that they brew. Well, I should really just say they've got one, one main type that they brew. Uh, but there are two other types that are uh, released. One of them is released twice a year on two, two days. That's it in Dusseldorf. And then the other one uh, is only released one day of the year. However, those are the ones that typically are shipped to the United States. So one's called Sticka, S-T-I-C-K-E. And the other is called Doppelsticka, D-O-P-P-E-L-S-T-I-C-K-E. Yeah, so those are, that's a Rhinish dialect for secret and double secret. And so those beers are hard, you know, hard to get a hold of in Dusseldorf and they are stronger, richer, sweeter. They're fun. They're not the, the stuff that you want to drink every day. And that stuff is really hard to find. Though last time I was there at Uriga, the production director was telling me that they were starting to um, export it to Canada. So uh, if you are in Canada and need to get up or, you know, you're near Toronto or somewhere, you might be able to find some, some Uriga uh, off beer. And it's just incredible. Go. Yeah. Cool. I'm all about it. Have you guys had any alt beers? I've, I've, I would say I've had alt beers like at breweries, but I feel like yeah. the, the occasions where I've ordered them, it's been like in a flight or something. Where like mm-hmm. after the fact, I'm like, I don't, you don't remember. None of this particular stood out to me in a way that I was like, oh, I can remember that style. We in need to go overseas with Rich. I know, really, Andrick. You've done it. I have, and it's. I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I need to. It's addictive. Okay, so we got some. Right, so we got Satis. We got black loggers. Wait, Larry, did you have a black logger you wanted to recommend in particular, or a Schwartz beer or anything like that that you particularly I mean, wanted listen, to call here's, out? Here, here's 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 the honest truth. Whenever I'm just whenever I'm at a restaurant and I see it, That's I a order I it, and I don't necessarily remember the name. I know there's one called Baba. Is there a mm-hmm. is there, Baba yeah. from Uinta? Yeah, I think yeah. they might have discontinued oh. it. Unfortunately, oh, did they? It's oh, not a big seller. No one drinks black loggers. 
I like them. Uh, I well, like that's them. That's what we're well, trying well, to save them. That's what we're doing here. It's perfect for the All episode. All three of these beers, we don't see enough. So it's Sati. Um, if you're in the Southern California area, go to Phantom Carriage, which is a great brewery. We need to go to Phantom Carriage. It's fantastic. And again, like I said, like I, we I know make, I, I can we make of, a field trip? I do. I feel bad because I almost disparaged the horror thing because I think coming up, I, I said I was kind of like, oh, well, I don't know about this horror theme, but not only is the beer fantastic, but like I love that space. Sounds and good I love to that me. spot. They're playing horror movies. It's a great time. Check that out. Check out. Ch- look for Sati. Sati from Mati. Hashtag Sati Fermati. <laughs> Black Loggers, get some Baba. If you can, if you've got Baba in your uh, cellar, please yeah, send I just, it to that's Larry. Just one I, this is know. one I remember, but I love them all. Um, and Alt Beer, go to Germany and get some Riches Alt Beer. <laughs> I don't get a, I don't get a hashtag, man. Or, or Canada. Oh, hashtag. What hashtag, is, let's see. Alt, alt Rich. Yeah, maybe Alt Rich. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a little too that's easy, Alt Rich. Alt Rich. <laughs> We're close to... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag alt-rich. Hashtag alt-rich. That's for it. It's simple. It's easy. It's easy. Enough. Hashtag alt-rich. Great. Let thanks us know. Nothing, I'll put guys. up a poll. Um, he said thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Hashtag yeah. thanks for nothing. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. <laughs> Plus uh, hashtag alt-rich. That's it for now. Next week we're doing another. We're going to be tasting another beer. We'll announce it beforehand, but it's another listener suggestion. We really appreciate you guys sending in suggestions. We've gotten a few great ones. Rich, do you have anything else you want to plug before we go? Other than your hashtag alt-rich? I'm, I'm plugless. <laughs> Plugless. No pl- hashtag. No plugs. Yeah. Larry. I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing too. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You, you, I don't know. Look at Twitter at Liquid Bread Pod. Uh, yeah, that, Instagram we should, we at Liquid Bread Pod. Yeah. Email us liquidbreadpodcast at gmail if you have any questions or want to suggest beers to us. I know I forget. I didn't write it down, so I don't have the little spiel. Anyway, thanks You're for listening, everybody. Well done. We're ending on such a high note. I just want to say, and usually I'm a little weird with this, but I just want to say happy bearing. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. Happy bearing. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it this time. We were going to skip it this time. <laughs> well, I did it. Feel free to suggest a better sign-off line than that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is true. We will take yes, Smith. Email yeah. or yeah. direct message. Yeah. Yeah, I never liked it. You said it. I did it today. I was trying to be a team player finally. <laughs> About time. <laughs>